This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. Well, we're getting ready for the word of God. We're getting ready to receive what God has for us today. I've got some great things for you today. My daughter is going to be bringing forth the word. That's right. Pastor Shante Smith, affectionately called Pastor Tay here at Crown Ministries. I want you to receive her. I know she has a word from the Lord. The anointing on her life is great. And she's here, a rising voice for such a time as this. I want you to prepare your hearts, prepare your minds, get your Bibles, your paper Bibles, as we go to the word of God with none other than Pastor Shante Smith. Let's get ready for the word of God. Grace and Peace Partners is Pastor Tay, and I'm so honored to stand before you this morning to preach the word of God. I definitely want to give honor and praise to our pastors, Bishop-designate Jonathan Shaw and Pastor Sabrina Shaw. Before I even begin with the word, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all of our moms and to all of those that are standing as mother's figures. It's time for the word of God. Grab your Bibles and let's prepare for the word of God. Acts chapter 1 verse 4 and verses 12 through 14. I'm reading from the New King James Version and it reads, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Let us pray. Father God, I come to you in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus, thanking you for the word that we're about to hear. God, I thank you for both previous and spontaneous revelations. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. I thank you that the response of this word is that hope is coming to your believers, that someone is choosing you today as Lord of their life and that you will be totally glorified and your people will be honored. It's in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus that we pray, amen. Have you ever heard the song by Travis Green called While I'm Waiting? I was thinking about the lyrics as I begin preparing for today's sermon, and the lyrics go just like this. What my eyes can't see, I still believe. Everything spoken to me. There's no word that can come back void. I will trust the report of the Lord. God is not a man that he should lie. Every need he will supply. So I will wait. I will not be moved. I believe, I believe, I will trust in you. While I'm waiting, I'm getting stronger. My faith is rising and I will run on. While I'm waiting, I'm lifting up on wings as eagles. I believe, I will trust in you. For the next couple of moments, I wanna to preach to you a message entitled, While We're Waiting. 
The word wait means to stay in place in expectation of. The first thing that I want to share with you is I know that right now in our world, there are so many things that are happening. We have blessings and we also have tears. We have people that are advancing and people that are feeling that they are without hope. But if I can give you a word of encouragement this morning, my brother and my sister, it will be to stay in place. Don't veer to the left or veer to the right. I need you to stay in place because God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. He is on the side of his people and we will see his promise. We will see his manifestation if we stay in place. The second definition of wait means to stay in expectation of. I don't know who I'm talking to on this morning, but I want to encourage you to keep on believing. Don't lose your hope. Don't lose sight of your faith. Don't start to drift. Don't start to wallow. Don't start to even look to the left or the right. I need you to keep your expectation. 2020 is still a year of advancement. 2020 is still a year for us to prosper. I know our world has been flipped upside down. You may have received some bad news. You may be dealing right now with the loss of a loved one or a few people that are close to you, but keep and maintain your expectation. As we journey closer toward our scripture, Acts 1 is the, the, the chapter that we're looking at on today. And I want to let you know that this is the chapter of preparation for the early church. You see, in the beginning of Acts, around verse 4, Jesus gives his final command and he also gives a promise to his disciples. The command was that they should not depart from Jerusalem. So if you're surveying with me in the text, you would find that this is not too long after the Passover has ended. There are so many people from all over the world that came to Jerusalem for the Passover. It was a sacrifice. We know that we recently uh, celebrated a, a holy, uh, holy Thursday and Holy Friday. And as we entered into the crucifixion and the divine resurrection of our Lord, Jesus reappeared to his disciples for about 40 days. Acts tells us it was 40 days that he had miracles and he showed himself with infallible proofs. And just as they were about to go back to life as they knew it, just as they were about to go back to the normalcy of their lives, Jesus interrupted their plans and told them to wait. Jesus interrupted their plans and told them, stay right there. I don't know who I'm talking to, but uh, around the third week in March, many of us had life interrupted. We were worshiping. We were going to the church on a weekly basis. Some of us uh, two, three times out of the week. Uh, we were actually uh, worshiping with the saints and with our leaders. Uh, and just as we were going back to life as we knew it, uh, we had a divine interruption to our plans. Uh, Jesus commands them in Acts 1 and 4. For not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. I want to let you know that your waiting is not in vain. God has a promise that has been prepared for you before you even knew that you were going to serve him. God had a promise that had been prepared for you, and it's time for his promise to be manifested. He says, wait for the promise of the Father. That promise we know is the Holy Ghost. He says that you have been baptized with water by John, but when the Holy Ghost comes, he's going to 
baptize you with fire. I want to let you know that the promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. He is our witness. He is our teacher. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is fully God and he comes as our comforter. We also know him as the paraclete or a witness of what Jesus has told us. So he says, wait for the Holy Ghost. And I love it because it's clarified in Acts 1 and 8. He says, as you're waiting for the Holy Ghost, he says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And then you can start traveling again. So I want to let you know that the weight that God has imposed on us is not in vain. Not only are we waiting for the promise of God, but we're also waiting for the Holy Spirit who is going to make us effective. Makes no sense to preach if you you can't preach with the Holy Ghost. It makes no sense to sing if our singing is, is ineffective because we do not have the power of the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us. So the first thought for today is that we're going to wait right where we are. As we journey in our text, we see that Jesus actually, he only, he actually gave the disciples a promise of that the Holy Spirit was coming. And as soon as he told them to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father, he ascends to heaven. And when I was thinking about this message as I was preparing today, I said, how many of us can remain obedient in our leader's absence? You see, for three and a half years, these apostles walked with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. They communed with Jesus. They, they watched him open up blinded eyes. They watched him unstop the ears of those that were deaf. They watched him lay hands on those that were lame, speak a word of life over those who were infirm and they watched with their eyes the miracles. They were accustomed to being with Jesus. And now he flips the script on them almost. And he tells them that I'm giving you a promise of the Father, but I'm not going to be here when the promise comes. My question to many of us as we are moving into what it seems to be the third month of this quarantine, can you remain obedient in your leader's absence? It says that in verse 12, which is our text for today, that the disciples that were now called apostles, they were extremely obedient. It says that they traveled less than one mile back to Jerusalem. They left the mount called Olivet and went back to Jerusalem. They trusted Jesus even when they couldn't trace him. They depended on his word and followed his command even when he wasn't there presently with them. So it says that they went up into an upper room where they were staying. An upper room, if you just simply define it, it's a room in the highest part of the house. I want to just encourage someone. You may be at home right now, but it doesn't mean that you can't experience elevation. They went to the highest part of the room. They didn't stay on the base. They didn't stay on the first level, but they went up. And I want to let somebody know that when they went up, they were able to change their vantage point to see God in a new way. Watch this. The disciples were radically obedient and in essence they too were practicing social distancing because they were in this room in a house separate
separated from society, separated from business as usual. They didn't go to work. They didn't go to school. They really weren't moving about the city. They were in a home, in an upper room, at the highest point of the house, waiting for God to do what he said he would do, waiting for God to fulfill his promise. And the Bible is so emphatically clear that it gives us a roll call of those who were in the upper room. Watch this. It says the 11 apostles were there. It names them. Those were the close students of Jesus. And it also numbers about 120 people in the room in total. So we also know that some close disciples were there. I can peradventure to believe that these are some of the people that saw the miracles, that followed the ministry of Jesus, that probably ate from the fish and the loaves. So the apostles were there. It says that the disciples were there. Watch this. It even says that Jesus's brothers were there. Now, those of you that know the gospel story, you know that Jesus's family really didn't follow him close during his ministry. But could it be that because he became the resurrected savior, that it moved the heart of his own brothers? I want to let you know that those of us that are on this road to destiny, those of us that are fulfilling our purpose, our heart is that our family would worship with us. But it wasn't until Jesus not only completed his assignment, but resurrected again from the dead that his brothers became close disciples of him. So the apostles are there. The disciples are there. His brothers are there. And it also says the women are there. I love this scripture because it's tying in to our theme of Mother's Day. To let us know that God doesn't do anything in the earth and leaves women out. Come on, women. You can holler back at me right in your home. God does not do anything unless a woman is included. I love it because women were extremely important during the life and the ministry of Jesus. They anointed his body for his burial. Even after he was buried in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb, we see that the women went early in the morning because they were concerned about his reputation. They didn't want him to stink. And they brought spices and oils and they were going to anoint his body again. So we see the disciples are there. The apostles are there. Jesus' brothers are there. The women that followed Jesus are there. But what actually struck a chord with me as I was preparing this message was that Mary, his mother, was there. And I love the fact that Mary was named as the a part of the assembling of those that were in the upper room because she was the first one, and might I even add, the closest one that understood the plan of God because she carried God. She was able to birth God, and she was able to see the manifestation of God's work in the earth. So the fact that Mary is numbered as those that were in the upper room, may I peradventure to tell you that the upper room now becomes the womb of the early church. Mary was able to teach and to share with them the, the message of the gospel. She knew what it was like to have God present with her. She knew what it was like to really see the word of God come to pass. So this upper room becomes the womb of the early church. I love it because right here in our home, many of you may be by yourself or you may be assembled with your family members, but may where you sit, stand, or lay become the womb for what God is getting ready to do 
you right there in your home. May your upper room become a place where you can incubate your vision, where you can develop your dreams, and where you can birth revival and strategies for your cities. I absolutely love the word of God because Jesus gave them the command to wait, but we find that the people that were called by his name started praying. While they were waiting Four things happened. I'm going to let you go in just a moment, but I have to tell you what I unpacked it in the scripture. When we look at verse 14, it says, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. That blew my mind. I'm going to read it one more time. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. So while we're waiting, we see four things happening. The first thing that we see happening is that they continued. Oh my goodness, if there's any word of encouragement that I can give you on this Sunday morning is that you should have continuity in your life uninterrupted, unbroken connection. While they waited, while we wait, may we continue. There's a blessing and continuing. I want to let you know that the race is not given to the swift, neither the battle to the strong. But I believe that there is an anointing and that there is a, there is a mode of a, 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 a victory for those that continue. Everybody that was in the room, they started to exhibit perseverance. Everybody that was in the room, they realized that we were all connected and not one of us can be lost. I want to preach to somebody right now that is have tears running down your eyes. You may feel that all hope is lost. You may be going through anxiety and withdrawal because you are separated from not only your family, but your church family. I want to encourage you, my brother, my sister, have continuity in your life. There is not one of us that is a part of a local church or a part of the body of Christ at large that can drift in their belief. I hope this message finds you and it revives you to not lose hope so that you can maintain, so that you can continue, so that you can endure, so that you can persevere. So the first seed that we see is that they had continuity. While we're waiting, may I encourage you to keep praying to keep fasting, to keep studying, to keep hoping. I need you to change your atmosphere. You may be in your home, and if you're feeling a little heavy, if you're feeling a little down, turn some music on, clean up your space, rearrange your furniture. Whatever you need to do to continue, just continue. Whatever you have to eliminate to continue, just continue. Whatever you have to do to bring new, new ingredients in your home, continue. That could be the word of God. That could be listening to a message over and over again. That could be journaling and meditating. But my encouragement to you is to not stop. Don't, don't stay stuck. Don't actually go backwards. Just continue. The second thing that I see in this word is not only did it say that they continued, but they continued with one accord. The second C that I see is community or common unity. Community is so important, especially during this time of social distancing. All of us right now are becoming creative. We're using conference calls. We're using social media. 
We're using podcasts. We're using different variables to get the message out. We're using Zoom to have family nights and game nights. We're having to become creative to build small pockets of community. But these disciples continued with one accord. I love it because when you think about community, you think about a group of people that are going in the same direction. You, you, you know that you can be in the same place physically, but not be with one accord. It doesn't matter about the people that are in the room. It matters the direction in which you're going. With one accord means that they were on the same playing field mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. So they not only continued, but they continued with one accord. So Pastor Tay, what are you telling me on this Sunday morning? I'm telling you that while we're waiting, let's continue with one accord. If pastor is calling for a Zoom meeting, get on the Zoom meeting. Ask a friend, phone a friend, ask them how to use Zoom. Get on the website, get on social media. You may have to make more phone calls in this season. You may have to send a few more text messages in this season. But no one should feel alone. I want to let you know that even if you live at home by yourself, you are not alone. Let me repeat that. You are not alone. Do not allow the despair. Do not allow the distance to make you feel disconnected. The scripture was clear in listing everybody that was there. So I want to give a word of encouragement for someone that feels that no one notices me or no one sees me. I want to let you know that you are in our roster and we're checking in with you today spiritually. We're checking in with you emotionally. We're checking in with you psychologically. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I want to let you know that there is power in showing up and staying plugged in. There is a power in you knowing that you have a community that needs you to continue and to remain on one accord. So these all continued with one accord in prayer. When we come together, may our coming together not be in vain. Right now, we are in a place in our world, in our society, in our own being that we've never been before. And I want to let you know the third C is communication. There are so many of us that are getting silent during this time. There are so many of us, and I understand you need to reflect. People need to journal. People need to think about what's going on. But communication is key. My father says it like this. The lack of communication is the cancer of all relationships. Do not allow your communication to break down because you are distant with somebody by space. I want to let you know that prayer is our communication portal with God. Not only only did they communicate laterally, they made sure that their connection with God was intact. May I encourage you, I know right now some of you are dealing with your children being home and in addition to working your own business or, or fulfilling the assignments for your job, you now have to become a teacher. Do not allow your schedule to become too full that you don't have time to pray. Do not allow your schedule to become so bombarded that you forget to prayer. You don't have time to pray or you neglect to pray. The disciples, they weren't commanded to pray. They were just commanded to wait. But while they were waiting, oh my God, while we are waiting, we have to keep our communication with God intact. Let's keep prayer as an essential ingredient in our home. I know that we're cooking more. I know that we're going shopping more. I know that we are actually trying to stay inside. Many people are experiencing rest 
restoration in their families because you're stuck in the house. But as you're communicating laterally, as you're communicating with your siblings, with your spouse, with your friends, don't forget to communicate with God. He told us in his word, don't stop asking. Don't stop seeking. Don't stop knocking. I know that there's calamity that's all around, but I've come with the word of hope that God is still in the blessing business. I know that there's despair, that there's real terror happening outdoors, but I want to let you know that God is still advancing his saints in the midst of trials, in the midst of turbulence, in the midst of despair. God says, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. In the midst of hopelessness, in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of our family members and our friends transitioning from their earthly life to their reward, God is saying, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. If you call upon me, if you communicate with me, I'll give you the strategy. I'll give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. I will give you the hope. I will give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I will turn your mourning into beauty. I will give you, I will give you, I will give you joy for your sorrow. He says, if you communicate with me in this season, you will hear me. So communication was the third C that was absolutely essential to these believers. I love it because uh, I was researching the art of communication. And one of the main keys of the art of communication is listening deeply. Brothers and sisters, I, I too have been prone to it that my prayer life was a laundry list of the things that I needed God to do. It was a laundry list of the ways that I needed him to make, the doors that I wanted him to open. And when I got finished pouring my heart out to God, I folded up my prayer cloth, I put my book down, and I exited the room. But in this season, I want to remind us that prayer is not a monologue. It's a dialogue. It's, it's extremely important for us to listen deeply because we've never been this way before. We're in a place that we don't understand what's happening next. We don't know how long we're going to be in our homes. We don't know how long our, our world is going to take to get back to any type of normalcy. I know right now there's a term that's going around called creating a new normal. As we're creating a new normal, we need to listen deeply to the command of our father. The result of proper communication is answers, clarity, and strategy. May I encourage you to take a book and a pen in your prayer time with God because I believe that he's going to give us some downloads during this season. So we see that the apostles continued. They continued with one accord in prayer. But the last thing that they did was they continued in supplication. And our final C for today is consecration. So we see that we have continuity, community, communication, and consecration. Consecration is about the posture of our heart. It means to separate or dedicate for a higher use. And I thought it was applicable to where we were because not only are they in the home, but they're in the upper room. They're in the highest part of the house and they are now consecrating themselves, separating themselves for a higher use. I don't know who's listening to me live or who's maybe even catching the replay, but God has a use and a purpose for your life. I wanna let you know that life for you does not end here. Your purpose has not concluded because we're in 
indoors, but we are separating ourselves and we are being prepared for the next wave of revival, for the next wave of the body of Christ that is to come. So they knew that God was going to do a new thing. They didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but they knew that they were a remnant, a part of the next move of God. Remember, the upper womb room is a womb for the early church. And many of us right now, we're feeling, I need to consecrate more. I need to pray more. I need to fast more. I need to read my word more. I need to retain scripture. I need to build my self-esteem. That is an indication that God is getting you ready to consecrate you, to separate you. He may have slowed your schedule down. He may have given you some time to really reflect and prepare. Many of you have time now to finish the book. Many of you have time now to write the curriculum. Many of you have time now to launch the business. Whatever it is that the master is calling you to do, it involves consecration, being separated and dedicated for a higher use. So it says that they were in prayer and supplication. When I define supplication, it was a form of prayer, but it included a petitioning or help for favor while you're bending or kneeling. Okay, let me say that again. It's a petition for help or favor while you're bending or kneeling. So what is so amazing about this supplication portion is that they had to change their posture. They were bending or they were kneeling. And I believe that their outward posture was an expression of what was happening internally. Many of us, we are bending our mind to the will of God. We're bending our heart to the agenda of God. We're saying, God, not your way, but my way. Not your thought, but my thought. So supplication is happening in addition to prayer. May you have time right now in your upper room to pray and to kneel down before God. This is holy ground. I want you after this word is over to dedicate a particular spot in your house where you can bend, where you can kneel, where you can change the, the you can change the atmosphere so that you can say, God, this space is a space that is consecrated. This space is a space that is separated. I won't do work here. I won't rest here. We won't play here. But this space in my home, it may be a spot in your bathroom. It may be a spot in your bedroom. You may have an extra room in your house, but just consecrate a space where you can bend and kneel. So your outward expression is a result of what's happening internally. So while we're waiting during this time of prayer and supplication, don't be afraid to ask God for help. He says you can come boldly to the throne of grace where you can receive grace and mercy to help you in the time of need. Don't be shy to ask for favor and to pray for favor. Psalm 16 tells us that favor will compass us about as a shield. Favor is, is, is the is the uh is the portion of the believer so while we're waiting let's keep our minds and our thoughts surrendered to god casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god we're going to bring into captivity every thought unto the obedience of christ he told us in his word he will keep us in perfect peace if our mind is stayed on him finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are just Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever
whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, he told us to think on these things. My brothers and sisters, I'm at my time and I'm at my final close, but I want to let you know while we're waiting, may we continue. While we're waiting, don't forsake community. While you're waiting, don't stop communicating. And while you're waiting, do not neglect consecration. The, the promise of the Father is coming. We are closer to Pentecost than we've ever been. The promise of the Holy Spirit is almost near. And while we're waiting, let's maintain our continuity with our community while communicating with God and remaining consecrated before him. So as Travis Green says, while we're waiting, we're getting stronger. Our faith is rising and I'm determined to run on. While I'm waiting, I'm lifting up on wings as eagles. I believe that I will trust in him. Hallelujah to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. The word of the Lord and the preached message of God is already blessed. So with that said, let us pray. Father God, in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spoken word. We thank you for the revelation that you've given unto us as to what we should be doing while we're waiting. We thank you for the promise of the Holy Spirit, our comforter, our teacher, our guide, the one that gives us wisdom, the one that reminds us of everything that you taught us. We thank you that you promised that we will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. God, I pray right now for someone that needs to be encouraged, someone that needs to be uplifted. Let your word do the work. May the son of righteousness rise with healing in his wings. Those that are under the sound of my voice that need to be healed emotionally, physically, spiritually. God, I thank you that we will continue. Let my brother, let my sister now receive the encouragement to move forward in the things of God. Oh God, may the muzzle be removed from their mouth that they can continue to communicate those that need to communicate pain those that need to communicate fear those that need to communicate doubt those that have the word of faith may they communicate with their brothers and sisters god we thank you that we will continue that we will communicate that we will stay connected like never before god i pray right now oh god for this local assembly that not any of us will be lost no one will waver no one oh god will check out. No one will be lost. No one will lose their place. But like the definition of wait, may we stay in our place and maintain the expectation of we expect you to move. We expect you to come through. We expect you, oh God, to do what you said you're going to do. And for that, we will remain consecrated. We will remain in communication with you. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. And we thank you now for this word. It's received in the heart of your people and it's going to bear fruit in the mighty and in the matchless name of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would love for you to do two things. One, subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages. Also, if this message has impacted you, you can click the link in the description and you can give now. We'll connect with you next time on Crown Ministries Podcast.